This is Straight to the Source, your destination for food, views and big ideas. Brought to you by two of the best in the business, Tonya Barr and Lucy Allon. Join them to discover some of Australia's most dynamic food, hospitality and agribusiness leaders. Hello and welcome to Food, Views and Big Ideas. I'm Tonya Barr. And I'm Lucy Allen. And this is the podcast from us here at Straight to the Source. In this podcast, we will be introducing you to the people who are driving our food and hospitality industry forward. Whether it be on the land, in the water, in the kitchen or from the boardroom. Each of our guests are playing a significant role in the evolution of Australia's food identity and culture. And we want you to know who they are, their views and their big ideas. Today on Straight to the Source, we're talking with respected hospitality leader, Belinda Clark. Most people will be familiar with Belinda through her role as CEO of the Restaurant and Catering Industry Association. Now, we actually sat down with Belinda last week for an interview, but things move very quickly in this world. So welcome back, Belinda. Can you please give our listeners your news? Well, good morning. It's been a, been a big week. It's been a hard week. Um, but what I would like to share, and it's actually the first time that I've said it out loud, um, is that I have actually tendered my resignation with the association and I'll be finishing up in the next few weeks. Um, anyone who knows me would know that this would be a very hard decision that I've had to make. Um, I took on the role six months ago and uh, I think that you know, after six months, um, I have to make decisions and I've had to make a, a really tough one. You know, my heart bleeds hospitality um, and I love my members. I love my partners. I love my team and I'm very proud of what I've done. However, I've had to make a decision and so I will be finishing up with the association. But I'm sure I will not be leaving hospitality. I will just be doing something different. So stay tuned. We're not going to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Belinda. Okay, now here's our somewhat out of date but still incredibly relevant interview from last week. So welcome, Belinda Clark. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Well, you know, being a a leader that you are, that doesn't happen overnight. And I would love to hear your story on how this came to be. I mean, you are one of the most recognizable female industry leaders in Australia, hands down. You know, you're in this unique position. And I'd love to know how it came to be. Wow, that's a big question. I think as a, from a very young age, I knew that I loved hospitality. I wanted to get into architecture and started that process and was like, no, no, I need to be in front of people. And I was working as a kitchen hand in a pizza shop. And uh, eventually they uh, gave the trust to me to be able to take the food to the customers on a night where they had no staff. And they said, all right, get her off the dishes. Let her take some food out to the table. And then I stayed on the floor and, you know, I was getting the real job of of an architect and um, behind the scenes, loving my Friday night, Saturday night shifts in the pizza restaurant and kind of dropped that and said, well, what do I need to do to be a professional in this industry? So I found the best restaurant I could at that time in the Hunter Valley, where I'm from, and that was Robert Molinese's restaurant, Robert's, and applied for a job. And he gave me an apprenticeship on the floor to be able to learn how to be a server. So how old were you at this time? Um, I would have been 18, 18, nearly 19. So I spent a few years there with Robert and 
whoa, back in the day at Roberts, you know, it was it was hardcore. You know, it was serious business. Back then you're paying $45. Now we're talking 25 years ago. And, you know, where it, that was a lot of money for a, a main meal, you know, $45, $50. And so there was an expectation there of service. And he wanted to be a leader in the Hunter Valley. And I was proud to work for the best restaurant. And when I was finished up with Robert, and I'm not going to lie, I think he made me cry every day uh, that I worked there, taught me my lessons in the afternoon and what I could have done better. And I said, okay, all right, every day I'd come back. And then I said, I'm going to I'm gonna leave now, Robert, and I'm going to go over to work in the best restaurant in the world now. And at that time it was Gordon Ramsay's. And he said, okay, go. I think you're ready, go. So I booked a ticket for the following week and went over to London, literally got off the plane with my big suitcase, caught the tube, went straight to his restaurant in Chelsea. It was about three in the afternoon, but knocked on the door and asked to speak to Gordon. And the maitre d' went and got Gordon. He did his usual, you know, arm up on a tea towel over his shoulder, arm up on the uh, on the edge of the door frame. Hang on, hang on. Did you know him, or did you just no, rock up and this no, was a cold no. call? <laughs> no, total cold call. I wanted to work All in right. the best restaurant. I had no idea if he was going to say yes, but that's what I needed to do. Wow. So he said. He was a bit taken back, of course, um, literally still had my suitcase with me. And he said, if you are back here in the morning at 8 o'clock with a pair of court shoes and a navy suit, I'll give you a job. And I was like, oh, God, okay. So I head back into London on the tube, finding a shop, paid way too much money for a suit and court shoes, was back there in the morning, 8 o'clock. And he said, okay, you've got yourself a job. And it was amazing. You know, I had no idea how much I was going to get paid. You know, they pay not very much and it's paid monthly in arrears. You know, it's it was it was tough, but I loved it. And what did you love about it? What what was your drive then? It was about the structure. It was about the professionalism. It was about um my job was a small job. My job was just the hostess. So all I had to do in a Michelin star restaurant was open the door close the door, take them to the table, still sparkling water and look after the bills. That was it. But the amount of emphasis on each of those jobs in a Michelin star restaurant, each of the services that we would hold, if your socks was one was black and one was grey, you'd go home. The standard was so high. Then it you're part of something. You know, you're part of something very special, very respected. And I, I loved it. You know, it motivated me. And of course, at some time you have to come home. And you know, I came home. So then again, it was, what do I do now? I need to be the best again. So you know, I, I went to Sydney and wanted to continue working in the best, and got some great jobs. And you know, some of the great jobs I had was managing the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia, and you know, managing how that would work with the Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race and the most elite weddings in the eastern suburbs and um, functions and events there. And then I was offered to manage the GM of Kingsley's Willamaloo down in uh, Willamaloo. And that was an experience. That restaurant back then was 99% men, 1% women. 
and it was the it was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of um, deals that were done on the wharf, and in come this female GM, and I was like, "How am I going to get these guys over the line? I don't do drugs. I don't do this." So I was like, "Right," I said to Kingsley, "I'm going to give away a ton of champagne." So I learned all of their names, their wives' names, children's names, their business names, where they like to sit, what they like to eat, and delivered on every single experience to earn their respect and said, no, no, we're not doing that in the bathroom. No, this is not happening. No, this is a, we're here and we're going to have a great experience. And we turned that restaurant around to be 50-50. So women and men. And it was a place that was respected. I come here now to do my deals, to be able to, she's going to know my name. I'm going to go down to Otto's or Manta and get a um, a lobster and walk it up the wharf if that's what you want today. It was, what do you need? How do I deliver? And let me look after you. Let me serve you and let you give you the experience. And they're the things that drives me, you know, being able to take what we do, take it seriously and deliver. And then, of course, you know, bringing Jamie's Italian to Australia and opening up all of the restaurants here was incredible. Working in the kitchen with Gennaro and Jamie, was inspiring. Again, that's another level of the quality of the food and the produce and the experience that you must deliver and setting those standards. I love, I love those parameters. Um, and I guess I've had my own business, you know, I've renovated a pub, I've been a licensee and part of that community. And when you're part of a, a pub and you're part of that, a community, you cannot drop an orange in, in the supermarket. Everyone knows you. You know, you can't drop an orange and kick it under the side. You know, everybody looks at you as part of the furniture of that community. And um, that taught me a lot. You know, that taught me how important it is when you go back to those basic elements of hospitality and respect and community, because that's incredibly important when we come to what we do on a day-to-day basis. And I was I'm very fortunate to be brought into the association as a COO. And I probably didn't even know what that meant at the time. But again, it was about going back to basics, doing a tour of the country, of going into people's restaurants, their cafes, their businesses, understanding what your problems are, what is happening, how can we help, understanding what the core issues were. And this is way before COVID. And, of course, we all knew that hospitality as an industry was in a pretty bad way before COVID, let alone when COVID hit. You know, you just mentioned um, COO, and, and we're talking about restaurant and catering. We, we will get to that in a moment. But I, I didn't know this about you. I didn't know you started out in pizza restaurants and then regional, you know, regional restaurants and then flew overseas and Michelin star. I mean, and then back and then franchises and pubs. And, you know, that's a very diverse range of experience that you've had. And in addition to that, on the flip side, you were married to a chef. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think when you work in hospitality, you become a family within where you're working. Mm. And I was very blessed to be able to find a great man who is father to my children. And we, again, he was very driven. You know, he was the executive chef of key restaurants. You know, he was the same. He said, we're going to go to Sydney. We're going to go hard or go home. I'm going to work with Peter Gilmore. And I was like, right, yeah, let's do this. We wanted to understand how we can be part of hospitality, how we can be part of this industry because we loved it. And, you know, my children now, they, God forbid, I don't know what they're going to end up doing, but <laughs> at this point they um, they appreciate what we do and how important that is and how much to respect food and how much of an important part it is for us 
with what we do together and hospitality and how we um, how we work together as a family to support each other in this industry because we it, it's a big hard industry it's not easy no no but you don't get to where you are by having everything be easy either do you no no and and that's the the balance I think of being able to know what you need to do know there's an end goal nothing I've ever decided to do was for a short-term solution. Everything was a planned long-term solution. Surrounding myself with hiring always the best people I can find, people that inspire me, people Mm -hmm. who I need to lean into, people who have got skills that I may not have to be able to make what we do amazing. You know, it's really important. I know you're a mentor to many, but do you have a mentor? No, I actually don't have a mentor. And anyone who wants to put up their hand, I'll, I'll, um, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to have one. But I think that on on the flip side, I'm very blessed to have a lot of people that I can talk to. You know, I think that there's a lot of people out there. We are we're never going to succeed if it's all about self. It's never going to work. We're at a time now where we have to work together, and particularly for our industry. We all need to be successful for this to work. We all need to support each other for this to work. So I feel very blessed that I know there's a lot of people that feel the same way. So I draw down on them for advice or for someone just to, you know, chat to to, to see, you know, am I on the right page with this or what do you think or what are you doing with this? And I think that's really special to be able to do that. So not one person, but I'm, I'm probably very lucky to have lots of people who I can reach out to at different times for different support and advice. You touched on restaurant and catering earlier. So can we talk about that and what restaurant and catering does for the industry and your role within that? So my current role is the CEO of the association, but I did join the association a few years ago as the COO. And from day one, I felt incredibly honoured and blessed to have a role that is able to make a difference. And initially, I didn't realise what the capabilities and possibilities were. And now it is just such a gift to be able to represent so many businesses on a day-to-day basis and to be able to for them to see that I get it that I understand and I will do whatever I can in my power to make sure that message gets heard to be supported to find a gap to understand what they need and then to see things actually happen you know is the other flip side when you, you know, complain or lobby when you're banging on doors, when you're um, advocating is, is a, as a side that I never realised how powerful it can be. And I think it's actually a real blessing that I've never come from a political background because now when I speak to politicians, I'm not coming with any ulterior motive. They know it's a very genuine, authentic message and that here is a name of a business. Here is what needs to happen. And if you do this, it's going to mean this. And if you don't do this, it's going to mean this. And make it relatable. 
And that's what is getting traction. That's what is respected. I am very authentic and genuine when it comes to our industry and I have nothing to lose if I do things the right way and I make sure that I use this position for the greater good to be able to benefit everybody in our industry. And I've now working with other alliances in food service in general to be able to bring people together, to be able to make an impact because it's not going to be one person, one association that changes the world. We have to work together to be able to make a difference and make a change. Well, how do you balance it all then? I mean, you're, I mean, this is a, this is a big job. It's a big role. You have a, a, an enormous responsibility. Um, in many aspects of your life. So I think, you know, it's, I don't want to pull the, the female card, but as a woman juggling motherhood, work, you know, life balance, what are the tools that you use to keep to keep it all in check? Well, sometimes I get it wrong. Um, I'm going to say that, you know, some days you, you think, wow, not getting mother of the year <laughs> this year. You know, it's not going to happen. But I think it's about, for me, I mean, I've got teenage daughters. so. It is about a balance, but it's also about taking time out and making sure that there's time that you are on the phone. And I spend a lot of my time on the phone. Like even this morning, I had text messages coming through from venues in Melbourne of something that's been released in the AFR today that, um, you know, was blowing up from 6.30. Uh, and it's about going, okay, communicating to them, this is what's going on. This is what it means and why I need to do this. But then other times, like last night, I got home late, but I put the phone away watched a movie with my kids, had some popcorn and had those moments. But then there's other times when I need to have a moment for me. Mm. You know, I need to be able to block everybody out. And so um, for me, I feel that there isn't much downtime, but the downtime that I can get and make sure I don't feel guilty about it. I think we all need to be focused on on not feeling guilty for taking time for yourself is going to the gym, is spin, is going out to my garden and um, appreciating, you know, clipping my tomato plants and my succulents and, you know, taking time in the sun and finding the time that I need to be able to have some time because you do need to have a balance or you can let it get out of control. And as much as I am here for my members and here for our industry, um, I also have a beautiful family. And so I need to make time for them. And yes, as I said, sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes there's, you know, two weeks and they barely see me at all. But I think communicating to them and letting them know there's a reason for it. And I think they're pretty proud of mummy. Mm, I bet they are too. <laughs> I mean, clearly you've got such, you know, you're driven, you've got high standards. And I, I would imagine having having them observe all, all of the achievements that you've had and the way that you operate is, is a great thing. I mean, a, from a role model point of view. And, you know, the fact that you mentioned you don't always get it right. I don't know anybody that gets it right. <laughs> it is a juggling act. And sometimes you do need that sense checker, you know, even if it's an internal bit within you going, hang on, let's dial it back. You know, let's, let's just see how we can just recalibrate. Yeah, it's exactly that. You know, my youngest daughter is she's my like my barometer, and I kind of go back when I think I might be, you know, taking on too much. I'll just come back, and it's okay to say no sometimes. I think we also forget that as business owners, as um, you know, busy people, sometimes it's you got to say no. And I kind of put it always through the barometer of my youngest. And if I go, no, you've crossed the line, belt. All right, got to back away from this one. And you know, I think we all need to have those resets. So in terms of, I mean, you are the CEO of Restaurant and Catering. 
Have you hit the glass ceiling? So I think that um, there's probably not a terminology that I've ever used. I've, I've been very fortunate and blessed for my entire career. And I think I've made decisions always for the right reasons. And I think that, yes, there comes a time where you need to have balance and I need to sometimes pull those in. But um, I've got so much to give and there's so much more to come. And I'm incredibly excited about that. And uh, there's no lid for me. And I'm in a very fortunate position and I'm never going to forget that. Oh, Belle. Uh, you know, it's it's wonderful that we're able to have this chat, and and I know your time is very precious, and um, so we thank you very much for for spending the time with us this morning. Uh, if you could uh, think of someone that you admire or that you find incredibly interesting that we should invite onto the Straight to the Source podcast, does anybody come to mind? Oh. Oh, there's probably a, a ton of people that I think would be inspiring to listen to. And I think that there are people who are doing amazing things in general. Um, and I think that we also forget sometimes, I don't know what it is, but it's almost that in our industry, it's almost shameful to be successful. It's almost this, but I hate to say it, but it's, it's almost like, you know, they've gone on a holiday overseas to Europe. Um, wow, look at them, you know. Is that the top? Oh, how lucky, yeah, lucky them, you know. Um, and I think that there's something wrong if we're not successful. You know, we have to make sure there's no point in putting yourselves through what you do every day for our suppliers, for our restaurants, for our cafes, our caterers, um, everybody in this food chain. We have to do it and you, it's okay to make money. And please don't forget that. And I think there's a lot of people out there doing great things who are very successful and we should be learning from them and being in, inspired by them because this is what's going to take our industry forward if we all work together and we're all successful. I love it. I'm enjoying this conversation so much. And oh, really? 100%. And I've learned so much about you. I, I had no idea. And I think that... You know, understanding the person, because I think often you're either referred to as your children's mother or your mm. husband's wife or, you know, or somebody's, you know, the CEO or, or your company name or what have you. And you can lose your own identity in this yeah. crazy world and um, learning more about you as a person and what drives you and your pathway to, to where you where you are today is so interesting and it is really inspiring I don't know I don't think about it I don't think it's much and but I just know that I've always I, I will always be in this industry I know I'll always be working um, in hospitality because it brings me back every time and it inspires me and I love it and it motivates me if there was one bit of advice you would give a young person setting out Looking at the hospitality industry and all that it is and all its glory, what bit of advice would you give this person? To be successful in any industry, you need to work hard. You need to make it your passion and you need to put yourself into it, lean into it, learn as much as you can. So if you're going to be a lawyer, if you're going to be a doctor, whatever it is, but in our industry, it's no different. 
You need to work hard. You need to study. You need to make sure you give it the attention it deserves because this is a career opportunity. And there are very successful people that work in our industry. And it is so important to remember that if you work hard, you get rewarded. And that definitely is the same thing in our industry. Well, Belle Clark, thank you so much. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation and I um, love your work personally and professionally. We have a lot of respect for you. So thank you. Oh, I feel very honored to be on your podcast. And thank you so much for giving me the time as well. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We really hope you enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed the conversation. You'll find links to anything mentioned in today's chat in the show notes. We have some more extraordinary guests lined up and we would love you to join us again. So please make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. We'd also love to hear any of your feedback, good or bad, or perhaps you've got a guest you'd love to hear from. You can let us know. And the best way to stay up to date with what we're doing, who we're talking to, and where you'll find us around the country is to become part of the Straight to the Source community at straighttothesource.com.au forward slash community. Until next time.